Welcome to our first ever basketball edition of Football on the 40. As you know, the Longhorns are a two seed in the NCAA tournament, which is the best Texas seeding since 2008. We understand most of our listeners are football first fans like us. So we will break down this team, refresh the season, and also give some tournament contenders besides Texas. Of our regulars, it's just Andrew Harris and myself, Jake Robinson, on this episode. Bowen and Kevin have made it clear they are football-only podcasters. But that also presents the opportunity for us to welcome in a first-time special guest to the show, Ryan Downer. Ryan and I will be spending the first two rounds of the tournament in Las Vegas this weekend with a few friends, as we do each and every March. We'll get to that and some of our betting corner picks for the tourney in a little while. But first, Ryan, welcome to Football on the 40. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me today. Um, I've been a, a listener to the podcast since y'all started. And, yeah, I know the, the starters are out, but I'm going to see if I can get y'all some uh, good bench points while I'm, uh, while I'm over here. Hey, there we go. Six, six man of the year, like Serge Ibarra. Six man. I'll, I'll be your Serge Ibarra Rice for, uh, for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> nice. Ryan, so our listeners can get to know you just a little better before we jump into the basketball episode. Tell us, tell us your favorite Longhorn memory, any sport. Um, I'll keep it with a basketball theme, um, and I'll, I'll take you. I mean, it's hard to come up with a good basketball memory from uh, the last decade or decade and a half or so, but I'll go back to like 2006. Um, this is uh, year. I mean, we had a, we had a lot of star power on the 2016 with Daniel Gibson and Marcus Aldridge and PJ Tucker. Um, some big NBA names, but um, but yeah, this Texas team, they were in the sweet 16, they're playing West Virginia, um, and West Virginia, um, they had a guy named Kevin Pitsnoggle. He had a shot with about five seconds left to tie the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, Texas without calling a timeout, um, they drive down the floor, they go down the floor, um, and Kent Paulino, a, a senior point guard hits a game winning three, uh, to take us to the elite eight. Yeah, that I remember watching that game. Um, I think I was in middle school at the time because I had a, a baseball game before, and Duke was really good that year, and yeah. LSU beat Duke. And so I was, like, super pumped. I was like, oh, if we can just beat West Virginia, then we're going to go to the Final Four. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we made that shot. And then, um, then uh, yeah, we just ended up losing to LSU, unfortunately. Yeah, I lost to LSU, and I think it was – uh, baby Shaq with the, like it was Glenn Big Baby Davis who uh, who beat us that game. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like was fifty it? pounds heavier than Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, he was like Dexter Pittman size, but like I mean, he was he was a heavier version of Dexter Pittman. <laughs> nice. Well, that's a good memory. I can't I can't say that I remember that game. So good. <laughs> Good yeah, not not a lot of good recent memories from Texas basketball, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we have a decent team that we can talk about uh, this year. Yeah, for sure. We we uh we for we forwent. I don't know if you can forwent something. We we foregoed. Um, <laughs> that's also probably not a word. The basketball edition last year at the last minute. So glad we could do mm-hmm. it this time. Andy, how's uh how's Beasley and and everything in Houston? Uh, everything's good. Uh, Beasley's just growing up. He's a little over ten months now, so. Got to get ready for that one-year-old birthday party. So yeah, that's that's on the horizon right now. Hopefully, the the blowouts are coming down less often now. Yeah, not not as often, so that's good. Um, yeah, not not too bad. And he's sleeping sleeping through the night. But what about you, Jake? Give us a quick update. Oh, um, I yeah, I don't I don't really have anything that comes to mind off the top of my head. I guess my my um 
I just I just finished a volleyball game and my team made the playoffs. That's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's the first thing that comes to mind. But Andy, take take us away and uh, you know lead us into tell tell us about our current basketball team. Yeah, so for those uh, I guess I've been living under a rock or Kevin and Bowen, uh, I'll give you all a quick little update. Um, we finished the season at twenty six and eight. Um, we came second in the Big Twelve this year. We had a chance to win or even tie the regular season title, um, but we just had a tough slate of games down the stretch and just we weren't able to pull it out, but we did have a big victory over Kansas in the Moody Center uh, for our last regular season game. And then uh, just recently this past Saturday, um, we had another big victory over Kansas um, to win our second Big 12 uh, tournament um, ever. So um, under Rick Barnes, it felt like we always went to the Big 12 title game and just never won it. Um, and the other time that we won was with Shaka Smart a couple of years ago. And that one just kind of felt fluky. That was the year that Baylor won the national championship. I think Baylor had COVID reasons and they had to cancel a game. And so, um, yeah, it, this one just felt a lot more legitimate, a lot more exciting. Um, hope and, we can hope we can follow this one up a little better than the last <laughs> lost to Abilene Christian one week later. Yeah, hopefully so. I y'all that was y'all's uh, first Vegas trip, I think, and and it was just a lot of sad text afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, just kind of wrap it up. I'm not going to get into the beard stuff too much, but the season really had a chance to go down the drains really quickly, and uh, thankfully we have a senior led team that has a lot of experience. We kind of. Uh, we rallied the troops and we just finished off the season really well. Um, overall, we just have a really solid team. I, I personally don't think we have a lot of weak points, um, but it is a game of basketball. Anything can happen. We can lose any game. So that's the exciting part of March Madness. And Ryan, I kind of want to hear your opinions about the team. Yeah, you know, I mean, just when we look at Texas basketball, for at least really for the last two decades, we, we talk about just very young, very talented teams. And we talk about a lot of one-and-done players like, you know, Jared Allen or Jackson Hayes or Mo Bamba or Greg Frown or, or Miles Turner. Or I think Tristan Thompson was two-and-done. Marcus Audrey was two-and-done. I mean, just the list goes on of just a lot of talented players, uh, talented young players. Um, and, and we have some – success with this team but you know as texas fans we'd always tell ourselves you know you know maybe tough sledding in the beginning of the season while you know these youngsters get adjusted to the college games but you know come march if everything gels together we, we have a high ceiling we have a high upside and, and then march would come around and you know a lot of times we were we were one and out in the the ncaa tournament but you know the i guess the the big difference in, in this texas team really since chris beer took over and now rodney terry's carrying it from right for uh from here on but it is you know it's a it, it's a senior lettuce and experience driven team i mean you, you look at the kind of the core of this team we have Serge Bry rice and timmy allen and marcus carr and uh, dylan DeSue. these are seniors and super seniors and i guess for some of them super super seniors who have got an extra covid here um so and, and i think that experience has made the difference uh this year that's why you know they're um, yeah, finished second in the Big 12. They won the Big 12 tournament, and that's why I'm more bullish on this Texas team and, and their chances uh, to, you know, really make a make a run at this than I have been 
and yeah, probably in the last decade, decade and a half or so. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely, Ryan. Um, okay, let, let's move into the tournament itself now that we've kind of previewed the Texas team. Um, so if you're looking at your bracket, we are in the top right quadrant of the bracket, the Midwest Regional. Um, Houston is the number one seed in our uh, region, of course. Texas is the number two seed. The other number one seeds are Kansas, Alabama, and Purdue. And so that poses the question, um, out of all the number one seeds, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue, Andy, are you pleased to be in the same region as Houston? Yeah, I I wouldn't say they probably would have been my top choice. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Um, I think matchup-wise, I think Bama, we could have matched up well against them too. Um but I'm happy it's either Houston or Bama. Purdue, I think, is the weakest quality team all around. But matchup-wise, I think they would have provided, like, a really tough challenge for us, especially ED. Um, it's just a massive. Um, Kansas, you, I mean, we, we have their number right now, but you never know about that. So, I overall, I'm I'm – happy that we have Houston. I think we have a chance against them. What about you, Jake? Um, I, I mean, if I had my pick of the four, I would actually pick Houston. So f- first of all, I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves with this question. Obviously we wouldn't face them till the elite eight. And if we, we make it to the elite eight, Texas is very happy no matter what happens. So uh, that being said, like we've, we've said to this point, this, this is our chance to make a run. And a lot of people, a lot of the experts actually have us making it all the way to the final four, which is in Houston. So that would be an exciting, that would be really exciting to knock Houston out to prevent them from basically playing at home where we could essentially play at home. Um, but yeah, Houston, they're, they're really well coached. They've tied or won five straight American athletic conference champion, regular season championships. So they've dominated that conference. Um, I think it'll be really fun to watch them next year in the big 12 for a year before, mm-hmm. uh, before um, we head off to the sec. But I think the big question is, are they tournament ready? I mean, they showed, I think it was two years ago they made it all the way to the final four but they've also had some really quick outs in the tournament so you know when you play a weaker schedule like that anything can happen and i i do think that the big 12 is the unequivocal best conference this year and sec has definitely got to be second and so you know that that's the only reason why i would say bama probably is a little more battle tested wouldn't really want to play them purdue knocked us out last year ed's a monster i don't really want to go up against that so um and like you said, Kansas, we know, but it's hard to beat a really, really good team like that three times, especially in four weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, I guess if, if I were, if I were to pick anyone, I think I'd probably pick Kansas just because, man, I did, it, it just felt like they knew on Saturday, the last two Saturdays just felt like they knew that they were up against a team they didn't match up well against. And yeah, just, it felt like Texas has their number. And I think Kansas knows that. And yeah, it, I guess there's a chance we may see him in the final four if everything breaks correctly. But um, yeah, if I had my choice, I'd probably, you know, want to play Kansas uh, or have them on in, in our, our uh, uh, bracket. But um, yeah, like you guys, I was, I think Purdue's the, the one I wanted to avoid just the size matchup is it's not something that, uh, uh, that, that bodes well for for Texas. Yeah, thankfully they're way on the other side of the bracket. But yeah, I think I think the two teams that I wanted Texas to avoid, um, 
yeah, avoid their side of the bracket. One Kentucky. I was worried they may get a seventh seed against us, um, or and two Purdue. I just yeah, I think this the size that those teams present, yeah, it could be some could present some challenges for uh um Timmy Allen, Dylan to see some of our, you know, good but a little bit smaller forwards. Yeah. I I think what you all said is all valid and you know, that kind of leads up to um our first matchup. We're playing against Colgate. Uh, not the toothbrush company, but an actual school. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, there's been a few 15 to upsets over the years and including last year, St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Um, Ryan, do you think there's a chance that Colgate can upset the horns this, uh, this upcoming Thursday? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, this Texas basket. I mean, the only thing that can really get between Texas and, you know, win this game is Texas. And, um, you know, we, we've seen them come out very slowly in some games. I think about the TCU game here in Austin, um, even the uh, Baylor game here in Austin, both those games, they uh, they came out very, very slowly. Um, so, yeah, if they they do that again this uh, against Colgate, yeah, they could jump out ahead and it could be a grind till the finish. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I guess some of the things I'm looking for is that, that – I want to see this team push the tempo against Colgate. I think just for uh, the easiest way for a higher seed to drop an opening round game like this, is when the tempo is slowed and and teams are taking 20 or 30 second possessions. And, you know, we saw it, you know, uh, when we played Abilene Christian a a couple of years ago, when that game was, you know, in the forties or low fifties, we saw it, you know, when uh, UMBC beat Virginia a few years ago in the 16 versus one. So, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, Texas pushing the tempo, using its athleticism, I think that that service well um, uh, against Colgan in this first round matchup. Nice. Jake, what do you think? Uh, I was going to make a toothbrush joke, but someone's already made it, so I'll yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll save it. Um, no, I think I've heard of them because I think they do a lot of like political polling or something. I think they're a liberal arts school up in New York. Yeah, so random didn't really know anything about Colgate but um yeah I I don't think we're really going to break down Colgate and I mean we're not going to break down the opponent for this game they're a 15 seed if if we lose this game you know we're (laughs) we're, where we've been for the last 15 years it doesn't really matter it's not it's not that they're going to out they're not more talented they're not even they shouldn't this shouldn't be a game so yeah if it is it's our fault and I like you said Ryan um but that being said, <laughs> um, we may be no better off than the last 15 years if we lose this game. But just a fun, fun thing that I was looking at. Who are our last two? Well, not counting Beard. But before that, our last two coaches, Rick Barnes and Shaka Smart. If you add their seeds together, it adds up to six. So they are a four seed and a two seed. So just, you know, got to win in the tournament. Doesn't matter if you're a great coach all year. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um well, but yeah, we have a way more exciting potential matchup to discuss. Um, the NCAA selection committee threw a bone out to the the state of Texas and um, a potential second round, or I guess it's called third round matchup between um, possibly Texas and Texas A&M. A&M is the seven seed in our region. Uh, they're going up against Penn State, the 10 seed in the first round on Thursday. The winners will face on Saturday. Um, so that's an interesting game we can talk about because we will definitely won't be having another podcast before then. So what what, what do we think about this potential A&M matchup? Ryan, what do you think? 
Man, I mean, if you were if you're like me on Thursday or on Sunday evening, uh, you're probably like, how did the second place team in the SEC, who finished just one game behind the number one overall seed, end up getting a seventh seed in the in the tournament? And you know, as and and I, I look back at their schedule, as you can probably guess, you know, their non-conference schedule. I mean, one, it wasn't strong at all, um, and two, they lost some games to some some really rough opponents in Wofford and, and Murray State. Um, but that was three months ago, guys. <laughs> Um, that was three months ago that they they dropped out those games and um and yeah since you know middle of December uh, they've been a pretty good team I I think of CBS Sports um they said if you know, if you discount the uh the first couple months of the season which the selection selection committee can't do I get that but if you discount the the first two months of the, of the season um A and M is uh would be ranked in the top ten um Easy. just ba- Easy. just based off you know what they've done in the SEC. Um, so yeah, bottom line, you know, A&M's a solid group. Um, you know, that said, you know, I think Penn State, Penn State's also a solid group and they're a hot group right now too. So I, I don't know if we're going to get the rematch or the, the Lone Star showdown on Saturday. Um, because yeah, I, I think I'm picking Penn State, um, uh, to beat them Thursday. Interesting. Cause Penn State, Penn State is hot right now, but they were the 10 seed in the big 10 tournament. Of fourteen teams, so I mean they they yeah. they had they probably had a good run there at the end, but I, I I don't I mean they barely made the tournament. They hadn't won like the last couple of games. I do think A and M got screwed with the seven seed. I I thought they should have been a five at worst, maybe a four, even with how they started the year. But like you mentioned, those two quad four losses you can't come back from. But yeah, since since December they're nineteen and three, uh, in the second best conference in the country. So definitely a nerve wracking game. I think so, and just I I kind of going back to Penn State real quick. I I think A and M and Penn State are pretty even. I think they're same team um, in a lot of ways, and I can see either team winning um, coming up. So it'll be a really good first round game. Um, but yeah, if we do play A and M, they like y'all said they've been really hot. I I personally think the SEC is a tad overrated this year. They're a good conference, but I don't think it was near the caliber of the Big 12. Honestly, no conference was, but um, I still think the Big 10 was probably a little bit better of a conference. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Either way, it's going to be a tough second-round matchup. Or I, I guess technically the right terminology should be round of 32. Um, it's going to be a tough round of 32 matchup, but the exciting thing is, is like if we can get past that round – I I think there's some favorable matchups down the down the region. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um it'd be really disappointing if we lose uh to AM or, or Penn State. Yeah, agreed. Um yeah, I was just thinking like, man, you, you know that CBS is cheering for a Texas A and M versus Texas round of thirty two game. <laughs> that'll oh, yeah. That'll be really, really good for ratings. That that was actually one of my first thoughts when like I saw this bracket come out. Is like, I mean, if you if you look at just the AP top twenty five, like all the top twenty five teams are you know four, five, six seeds. A and M is number seventeen in the top twenty five, and they're the seven seed. I'm like, man, this feels like a money grab from CBS to try to get uh, <laughs> some Texas viewers to uh, to tune into uh, the round of thirty two game. There's a little bit of a conspiracy, not really a conspiracy theory, but A and M bashed like publicly bashed the committee last year after they were left out 
like mm. the team did and the co- and everybody and so it's like those are the same people making the decisions this year <laughs> yep <laughs> don't so, piss off the committee yeah, <laughs> why, why talk bad about the committee man um all right so how, how moving on how confident are you about this texas team on a one to ten scale going into it i'll go first um i i don't i, I don't really know how to answer this because you know, 15s lose to two seeds. So if the question is how, how confident am I that we're going to go to the final four, very low, but how about this team, if we just leave it at that, I'd say like a nine, honestly, this team is playing its best, best ball right now. And um, it's exciting. Yeah. I think I agree with you, Jake. Like, I mean, historically there's no reason to give Texas the benefit of the doubt in March. Um, I mean, we've done it time after time with, with good teams, with okay teams, um, when it when March comes, you know, Texas is you know out in the first round or out in the second round. Um, but that said, you know I, I'm I'm also pretty confident. I'm pretty high on this team. I'm also a nine. Um, and yeah, it just goes back to what I said in the beginning that you know this is it, I think there's a kind of a recipe for success in March, and that is one having good guard play and two having an experienced uh, team. And uh, I think Texas has has yeah. I think Texas is probably the second or third most experienced team uh, in the tournament. And I, I really do like our guard play. They're not, and they're not elite guards, but they're all solid or really good guards at, at their, their, their high end. So um, yeah, those two facts, that, that is something that separates this Texas team from uh, Texas teams the year past. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on this team. I'm a, I'm a nine here. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard not to be, as optimistic as y'all, I, 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 I really like our team. I think we are playing, I think we're playing the best we've played all year up to this point. Um, man, I'm usually the optimistic one, so I feel weird acting like this. Um, but I'm going to go slightly lower. I'm going to say seven and a half. I just worry that, I don't know, there's been some games, kind of how Ryan has said, we've started off slow. Um, I don't think sure. I will say I don't think if we lose a game in March, which is more likely than not, but if we lose a game in March Madness, I don't think it will be a blowout. I think it will be a very close game because the games that we've lost this year have all been I don't think we've lost by more than 10 points other than at Baylor, maybe um, everything else are at Kansas, too. But I mean, those are tough road environments we're not going to have that in the ncaa tournament so um i just don't see us getting blown out uh, but i can definitely see us just coming up flat so we'll see we'll see what happens great um okay what what teams in our region worry y'all the most and let's be a little bit quick here but just point out a few of the teams in our region that are um that are just a little bit more concerning. Ryan, you're up. I mean, the team I was going to say, I mean, it's for me, it's Texas. Like, I mean, it's just like, I, I think Texas can beat everyone in this region if they come out and play their A game. Um, but yeah, does that happen? I mean, we see it several times in March um, that they, they haven't done that. Um, we'll see if it's any different. Yeah, so Texas is one team. So yeah, Texas is the one team I'm worried about. Just looking at other teams in the region. Um, I mean, yeah, Houston be a fun matchup. I think they're, um yeah that'd be a, a fun up tempo game if we you know uh, for whoever plays them um down the road i think miami could also be a, a tough draw they're pretty talented pretty well coached team 
Um, so yeah, Miami, Houston, those are a couple teams I'm looking at as far as dangerous teams on, on our side of the bracket. Yeah. I, I, I think it's Houston. Um, I personally, I just think if, um, I, I just think that they're, if they play their top game, we play our top game. Um, I, I think they definitely can beat us still. Um, so I, I worry about Houston the most, even though I think we still have a good shot against them. We'll see. Jake. Yeah. Um, I think I, this region, the, the, it's an interesting region this year. Cause we got a lot of the mediocre power teams, the power five teams. There's not like a standout. Oh, three loss mid-major team. That's like a five seed. That's really scary. So all of these teams have talent, but all of them also have like, 10 12 losses that would be typically concerning so um yeah i think texas is probably better than just about everybody i, I still think that if it's texas versus a&m in the second round that's probably the scariest matchup um just because of the the passion that a&m will have in that game um but also just one thing to point out um i don't know if y'all know this but and i'll save some of this for betting corner but i do think that the 11 seed who is the 11 seed in our region it's uh, Mississippi State or Pittsburgh. We record this on Mondays, just so y'all know. So this game hasn't happened yet. On, on Tuesday, it will happen. But Mississippi State and Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh is going to beat Mississippi State. I think Pittsburgh is going to be Iowa State. And I think Pittsburgh might go all the way to play us in um, the eventual Elite Eight. So that that's just kind of an an upset pick, I would say. Um, and, and the reason I'm saying that is because there are two – the the last the last four teams that get into the tournament play in the first four, and in the and ever since they introduced that eleven years ago, ten of the years one of the eleven seeds or twelve seeds, whichever it ends up being, has made it through that second round game as well. So someone's going to do it, and I think Iowa State's very vulnerable right now as a six seed ending the year. And the other side of the bracket, it's TCU, and I don't think they're going to lose. So there's your there's your early betting corner pick. <laughs> Also, Shaka Smart the... was Shaka Smart did it at VCU, and that's why we ended up getting him as the coach when he went all the way to the Final <laughs> Four. He won that first four game. He did it. Here's the first year that happened. Okay, last thing with this segment has gone a little long, but I think there's a lot of good topics. Um, really quick, don't talk too much about this, but how far does Texas need to go in March Madness uh, for Ronnie Terry to keep his job? Jake, you take it away. I'm going to say the sweet 16. I've been saying that all along. I would have said he just needs to make it just win one game. If um, it were somebody really good, which it, it happens to be, if it is A&M, but I think a, a loss to A&M isn't enough. So I, I'd say he's got to, he's got to get to the sweet 16, but personally I would say hire him now um, and just play the tourney. I mean, he's earned it. He's coach of the year. Like, team plays hard for them they're united why not we're probably not going to be good next as good next year anyway because we're losing so much so i say give it to him now yeah jake i totally agree with you on that and i personally think it should be the sweet 16 i worry that texas donors texas fans might say elite eight which to me just seems ridiculous based on texas basketball history and how we haven't made the elite eight in over 15 years so uh ryan what about you i mean i I think, I mean, maybe except to losing in the first round to Colgate, I think he has a job um, at Texas moving forward regardless. And, I mean, this – and uh, how much do you credit to Chris Beard or how much do you credit to, to Rodney Terry? I mean, this is the best basketball team that we've had on the 40 Acres in 
at least two decades. Um, so, uh, yeah, all that. I mean, it's hard to let a coach go that has kind of earned the buy-in of his team and has some good players coming back next year um, after, you know, what is, has been a really successful run in, in the Big 12. And, 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 yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think he gets to the round of 32. I, I'm almost guaranteed he's going to be the coach next year. Um, yeah, I think Sweet 16 absolutely solidifies. If he gets to the second week into the tournament, first time since 2008, I think he's going to be the next head coach of Texas. Nice. Yeah, I I didn't mean say like next year we won't be good. It's just I think the talent and this the the depth will be a little bit less next year. But yeah, yeah. that's I that's good. I I think we all think he should be the guy, whether he is or not. We'll we'll see. Crystal Conti has a decision to make here in a couple of weeks, but uh, hopefully hopefully in about a month actually after we win the national championship. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our one and only break. We will be back after these short messages. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. Welcome back. Um, as uh, you know, we've been talking about Texas basketball. Um, we're going to take a quick detour and talk about um, just golf real quick. Um, as many of you know, Kevin and I are big golf enthusiasts. So is Jake, but uh, I think he needs to get on the golf course a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I do. Y'all, y'all are bigger golf fans for sure, but I, I, I am a big golf fan too. Yeah, so we, we all like golf, and sometimes we talk about it on the pod. Um, I just want to shout out Scotty Scheffler. Um, he is a UT grad, uh, for those that, uh, that don't know, um, you know, at worst, he's a top three golfer in the world right now. I, I think you can make a really strong argument that he's number one is either him or John Rom. Uh, Jake, without looking, you might've seen this. So, um, it's okay if you already, already know the answer, but how much money has, um, Scotty Scheffler won in the last 400 days? Um, if you just count the last 392 days, I think it's uh, about 35 million <laughs> per, per, per the notes that you sent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I figured you probably saw that, but um, yeah, it's insane. He won thir- He's won $35 million over the last 392 days. Um, just insane. Um, so cool. I, I will say the amount of money in golf has gone up dramatically in the last, you know, year, year or so. Um, but just awesome. They's won so much money. Um, and yeah, he's won six times, um, including the masters. Obviously he won the green jacket last year. He just won the players this past weekend, um, uh, four and a half million dollars went straight to him. So that's just awesome. Um, and yeah, he just regained the number one title in the world. He, he's just, playing phenomenally right now um and just kudos to him he's just he's killing it and i just want to dive really quick into the spieth scheffler relationship um i think for all of uh, all the texas golf fans out there 
Spieth is our first love. You know, he's that relationship that we just can't get out of our head. You know, um, <laughs> he, he comes and goes. It's pretty toxic. You know, you just don't know where you're gonna what you're gonna get out of him. Um, the highs are really high. The lows are really low. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just how I always feel about Jordan. Uh, you, you you can't get rid of your first love. But Scheffler, you know, he comes in. He's a guy that he he works at your local bank. Well, bank might be a bad example right now in the world, so maybe not that. But uh, you know, he just he works at a very steady job. He makes his um, makes a lot of money. He might not have the most charisma in the world, but he, you know, he gets the job done. He, he provides, he cares, he, he's loving. And as Texas golf fans, I think we need to reciprocate that in return. But unfortunately I, we keep going back to Spieth and I'm talking to myself right now. Um, I can't, I can't get rid of Jordan Spieth, but uh, Jake, do you feel the same way? Oh man. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jordan, Jordan's always going to be my favorite, but I do, I, I am super proud of Scotty. I, I like him a lot. He's a great <clears> guy. Um, and, and we have some friends on this that some of our friends, friends of the pod, I should say, are very good, are very close with him. So, um, he, he really is a great dude and, um, big, big, big fan of Scotty. Yeah. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan's just so animated. So when he, you know, when he's talking to to Michael, you just you just you're just eating it up. So <laughs> you just can't get enough of it, you know. Um, but yeah, um, enough enough about golf. Um, Jake kind of talked about this earlier, but there's been a group that's uh, that's made an annual prig, uh, pilgrimage. I can't talk. Whatever, uh, made an annual trip to Las Vegas last few years, and um, I kind of just want to ask Jake and Ryan about their experience. So either one of y'all just kind of, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I get it. Blah, blah, blah. But you know, this is a podcast. We need to drive up viewership. So can y'all share some deets from the past two trips? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. And mine's, um, yeah, my, I, I talk about parlays a lot. And, and, as, and as the reigning betting corner champion of the season, uh, gosh, dang it. And, <laughs> And having won it with a couple of parlays, honestly, one giant parlay, um, I, I am just going to crown myself the king of parlays. And so uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really hope you crash and burn next year with parlays. I but, really but, hope. But not this weekend in Vegas, right? You do hope I do well, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't care about Vegas. Just next yeah, year. Anyway, so players. last year, last year, here's the story. Um, we were just having fun, right? I decided to do an eight game parlay on Friday. So I bet on all eight, is it all eight? I guess there, no, there's, there's 16 games, I guess. So eight of the 16 games on Friday and, um, you know, varying lines, you have to hit all eight in a parlay. You have to hit every leg of a parlay or you don't win anything. Right. I think it was a $10 bet or something like that. Hit, um, six of them. The seventh game, I think it was Michigan State and somebody. Anyway, they were down by four points. They had to lose by one to tie, and they sink a like half, almost half-court three-pointer shot on the buzzer that he didn't even need to shoot to keep me in it. Knocked the parlay down to seven, which is fine. It stays live because it was a push. The last game, I win because the team doesn't foul when they're down by four points. Win the parlay, win like, you know, 
if we're speaking in units, if it were 10 units, I guess I won like 1200 units, which is really nice. So, um, it was, it was really fun. Yes. Vegas is yeah, fun. To this day, I've, I've never seen a, at least from a friend, I've never seen a parlay, uh, any seven, eight game parlay that that's been hit. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> I have I, I, yeah, obviously I wasn't in the parlay at all, but yeah, it was still exciting nonetheless to see a, I guess it was like a 70 to one payout or whatever it was. Um, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, I guess my like favorite memories, it, it's funny just like when you're in Vegas, just how the groups of fans like somehow find each other while they're watching their games. Um, yeah, it's fun. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we'll be watching the game at Circa and like somehow or another, just a bunch of guys in burnt orange jerseys will come up behind us and yeah, we can watch and commiserate and, yeah, and sometimes just be miserable watching the Texas game together. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, just how, yeah, all the groups of fans will somehow, some way huddle, huddle uh, among each other and um, yeah, cheer on their team. That's a just yeah, good sense of camaraderie there. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we do not have a first round disappointment like we did two years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that will be key. Um, it will be a very sad March madness if that's a, that's the case but you know i as y'all probably know i'm not not the biggest gambler um except gambling i mean betting corner uh this past fall um when i bet bowcoin throughout the whole season i I guess i got into it a little bit but um, you you did have a side bet that you didn't win uh i won one of them because kevin didn't know how to bet but (laughs) (laughs) i did lose to you and bowen um but oh well, uh, there's always next year. But um, yeah, convince me as a guy that's never gone to Vegas, not really too fond of going to Vegas. Uh, convince me why I should join y'all's trip next year. Um, um, yeah, you go. You take it, Ryan. Yeah, no, I, I got you. Um, you know, the first time we went to Vegas is uh, two years ago, 2021. Um. Yeah, mask mandates were were still a thing in in Vegas at that time. Um, that was the year that Texas lost to Abilene Christian in the first round of the tournament. Uh, just in yeah, just gut wrenching fashion. Yeah, we were wearing our our burnt orange. Uh, uh, just all around the hotels, and all these people were coming up to us telling, "Man, sucks about your horns," or "Oh man, your horns cost me a ten game parlay," or you know whatever. Um, and, and yeah, so uh, yeah, lost to Abilene Christian. Lost a decent bit of money, either sports gambling or betting on blackjack, but still, um, Andrew, we at the end of the trip, we said, man, we need to do this every year. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess it's just, the, it's just the camaraderie. It's just being among, uh, the, the other gambling degenerates. It's yeah, spending 12 hours watching college basketball. I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, there, there's no reason for us in 2021 to have a great time in Vegas, but yeah, despite losing Abilene Christian, despite, you know, losing a bunch of money, we still had a really good time. So yeah, and that's my, that's my sell. If you like watching the tourney, which I know you do, and most, most people do, you, you're not going to find a better place to do it than week one in Vegas. Cause it's just everything. It's so fun. Um, post up in a sports book, preferably a larger one. Um, like, circa if you're downtown or, or on the strip somewhere like caesars or the win or something like that mgm and it is just so fun but you can also make like one dollar bets on games and have entertainment for hours i mean you can you can 
you can like make small bets and really enjoy it. You don't have to go blow hundreds of dollars on the craps table in five minutes, but alas, sometimes we still do. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that, but Andy, we hope, we hope we've convinced you to join next year because this is an annual trip. All right. We're going to, we're going to move on into our final segment. We don't have, standings or bow coin or real money on the line but we still got to have the critically acclaimed betting corner even though bow isn't here to lead it um there's some interesting lines um some of the prop bets in the futures are still are still out there but as always let's start with um texas so the the line opened up texas is 13 and a half point favorites against the toothpaste school so what do y'all think about that what do you think about the 13 and a half point line ryan um lay it um yeah give me give me texas and uh yeah i like him by i'll think by 16 man i feel like this is a game to stay away honestly um i can definitely see texas winning by 20 plus i could i don't think i mean i don't think colgate's gonna win but um, I could see it being like an eight to ten point game and being really frustrated betting on a game like that where Texas probably is in control most of the game and then Colgate makes a couple threes at the end and just kind of ruins the the line. But I don't know. What about you, Jake? Andrew, believe, man. You gotta believe. What do you know? Do I do believe know, in winning. Do you know which do you know which league Colgate played in? Uh the American the Patriot League. Wow, I'm very impressed that you knew that. Can you can you tell me two other schools in that or one? Can you tell me one other school in that conference? Ooh. Holy Cross. Okay, you did it. Which oh, is Furman. Is Furman in there too? <laughs> Who? Furman. No, they Furman's not there. Dang. It's a bunch of randoms and then like Navy and Army. But huh. um Okay, well you you proved my point. But they they did they have lost eight games in a conference of a bunch of teams that we've never heard of. So you lay the points. Texas, I say I say Texas by forty in basketball. Texas I love by it. forty. That, that's what I think. <laughs> okay, moving on. We have one other or, or a couple others. I mean, there's a you know well, there's thirty two other games um, between Thursday and Friday. Um, we have there's some fun lines out there. I'll point a couple of them out. Tell me what y'all would take if if you were them. Our our old coach Rick Barnes, Mister Unreliable, in March. Um, is 10 and a half point favorites at Tennessee over Louisiana. Um, that's a, a, a four 13 matchup. And then we have, let's see here. A&M is two and a half point favorites over Penn state. Um, Baylor is 10 and a half points over UC Santa Barbara. What, what do y'all think on any of the games out there? Any of these or any others that you particularly like? Man, uh, I'll look at the – a lot of times when I do this, I look at the money line. I hate betting basketball on the spread just because it is so easy to get burned on a just a BS, like last-second layup or or in your case, Jake, which helped you a, a half-second or a half-court three to uh, only lose the game by one point. So I usually stick with money lines when I'm betting on uh, college basketball. Um, <laughs> one, one of the things – and Hans did this. Hans is one of our good, good friends that's going to be – in Vegas with us this weekend. He did this last year, but he just did an underdog. Uh, he just bet every underdog, just put some money on every underdog, except for maybe like the, the 16 seed. 
and uh, that ended up being a profitable bet for him. Yep. So I think uh, I think I'm going to go with that strategy uh, for the first round uh, on Friday when I get there. Nice. I, I do like that. Andy, do you – it's kind of fun, but it, it also sucks when you're playing against each other because it's like he could win a bunch on the big game. But yeah. Andy, Andy, uh, any of those games jump out at you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go – it's kind of off the radar a little bit. I'm going to go with Creighton. Um, they played us well earlier in the year. They kind of stumbled middle of the year, but then played better as of late. Uh, they can make a lot of threes. Um, NC State, I just don't think is very good. ACC was not very good. So give me Creighton and the points. Nice. Yeah, af- after Pittsburgh wins against Mississippi State tomorrow night, um uh, I think you should definitely put some money on the money line for Pittsburgh to beat Iowa state. But one other game that jumps out at me, Kansas is a 22 point favorite against Howard. Um, that sounds like a lot and, and it is, but they're, they're a one seed. Howard hasn't been in the tournament in over 30 years and they weren't expected to be here. Um, so I, I think Kansas is really going to demolish them. So I, I think Kansas is going to win by far more than 22, probably more like 35. Um, okay. And then I guess if there are, I also included in here odds to win a region. So for example, the odds for Houston to win our region is plus 150, meaning if you put up a dollar, you'd win a dollar 50 back. So, and then Texas is plus 350 in that do any of those who, who's a long shot or a lower seat, I guess I should say a, a bigger, a bigger upset team to win their region and make the final four. And this I think really TC move us into the next thing too. So. I, I think, I mean, I don't think they're going to win their region, but I really think TCU when they're on, they're really good. I don't know if they can pull consecutive games to win a region, but the West region is such a crapshoot. And I feel like, yeah, any team, any of the top like five or six teams can win. At them, at, at, um, I think it was like plus. Is it plus ten hundred or plus thousand? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that's pretty good odds to win a region. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that 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 region you get the most value out of Kansas because it's plus three seventy on Kansas to win the region. But Ryan, did yeah, you have that, one? That's a. I mean, that West region is i mean it, it's stacked i think three of the top six favorites to win the tournament are in the west between kansas east LA, and gonzaga so yeah there's a lot of um yeah that west is a crapshoot it's it's, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be uh, interesting to see who comes out of that um you know just other teams i'm looking at you know memphis you know, there's a couple second round games that i'm kind of interested in one is the winner of fau memphis they're gonna play purdue and i think one of those teams might have a chance of knocking off Purdue. I'm going to put Purdue in my final four here at the end of the podcast, but, um, <laughs> nice. but, against that, yourself. but I'm, I'm just saying one of those teams, I think can give uh, or either of those teams can give Purdue trouble. Both of them are, are very talented. Um, yeah. FAU went 31 and three in their conference. Granted, it's not a great conference, but, um, and conference USA is not great, but, uh, um, but yeah, 31 and three, you know, you can't, shouldn't turn your nose up at that um, Memphis has yeah a couple yeah really good players that are going to be NBA players here um in a few months as well um I guess other teams I'm looking at you know another night I think they're an eight seed another eight seed I'm kind of looking at is Auburn um and I just say that because 
Auburn is playing their or Auburn's going to be in the Birmingham regional. I think it's the regional, oh. but uh, so yeah, Auburn is they're going to play Iowa in Birmingham, and then presumably they're going to play Houston in Birmingham. So um, yeah, I don't know how the committee put a uh, gave Auburn an essential home game in a second round, but um, but yeah, I think that could be yeah Bruce Pearl Auburn in Birmingham. Uh, that that could be trouble for Houston uh, That's on a Saturday. Great point, Ryan. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Okay, la- last thing we're going to do here on this episode is we're going to give you our final fours because we know you care so much about our predictions. We just wanted to go ahead and give you our final fours and how it's going to pan out. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to start on – I'm going to go with the South region. I've got Arizona coming out of the South region, Courtney Ramey getting his um, revenge at Arizona. Um, and then I've got – a long shot out of the East. Kentucky is playing really hot at the end of the year. Started out really poorly. They're really strong in the tournament year after year. I'm going to go with Kentucky playing Arizona. And then on the other side, I have Texas coming out of our region and Kansas coming out of the West. Sadly, I have Kansas getting the better of us in the final four and um, Kentucky beating Arizona and Kansas repeating in it all. There you go. I mean, the Kentucky pick is interesting because Cal Perry just uh, – he just never – ever since uh, Anthony Davis left, he's always found a way to choke in the in the March Madness. But, you know, being a lower seed this time – or high, higher seed, lower – I don't know what, what the right terminology is. Yeah. Uh, whatever, I mean, he, not he being as good. He won it all good. as a nine, right? I think he won it all as a nine seed. No, no, that was when when Anthony Davis was there. They're like a one seed. Oh. Um, but I don't know. Um, it could happen. You never know. Um, but uh, that's the thing about March. Like, truly, none of the experts, nobody knows, and that that's what makes it fun. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Bama, um, out of the South region, um. Uh, going to be like Jake and take kind of a long shot in the East region. Uh, I'm going to take Duke, even though I just said the ACC was trash. I think Duke <laughs> pulls through and goes, um, uh, makes it to the Final Four. Sadly, I just can't fully get behind Texas in making the Final Four. I got Houston beating us in the Elite Eight. And then um, I'm going to go with UCLA, um, experienced team. I think they have um, they have what it takes to um, make it to the Final Four. And so uh, out of those teams, I'm going to go with Bama versus Houston, a rematch of one of the best games of the year, which also happened in Houston. Um, but round two will be in Houston again. And um, I'm going to take the Cougs. I, I think they are going to pull it out. So I'm going to go with Houston Cougars to win it all. Good stuff. I uh... – Let's see. I made this bracket just 30 minutes ago, so bear with me a little bit. Um, in the East, I think I'm taking Purdue. Um, they just seem like the most steady, surefire team um, in that group. So I think they're, yeah, I, I like them to win the East. Uh, the Midwest, yeah, I'm, I'm again, I'm very bullish on Texas. I'm taking them to win the Midwest. I think they're heating up at the right time in March. I like their guard play. I like their experience. Um, yeah, I think that's going to pose a lot of problems for the for the teams that they play in the West. Um, the South. 
I'm, I've not been too high on. I, Bama is fun to watch. Um, they're they're a fun team to watch, but um, but yeah, as far as I know, they they have one really really good player, and um, yeah, I think Arizona has a, a lot of good players, and I like Arizona out of the out of the South, uh, the West. Uh, I'll take the Zags. I think they're heating up at the right time of the year. Um, they they got a good coach. They have an experienced team. They've they've been here before. Um, I like them to win the West. Um, that gives me Purdue and Arizona. I'll take. Purdue to win the East uh, or to win the uh, first game of the final four. Um, man, I'll pick Texas to, to beat the Zags in the West um, uh, from a, a rematch where we, we whipped them in Austin. Um, yeah. I like Texas there and man, Purdue versus Texas, you know, give me the horns. Um, I've, wow. I've, Love I've, it. I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever picked the horns to win in a bracket, but man, I, I, I like this team. Um, yeah, there's a lot that I like about this team. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to call my shot now. Texas is one of the national championship. There we go. There we go. You love to hear all four of us got them in the final four, right? You, you no, said, I said elite eight. Oh, you said Houston gets us. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, listeners, let us know what you think. Give us your final four and how far you think Texas will get. You can, um, DM it, DM us or tag us at football on the 40 on Twitter or Instagram. Or, of course, you can send in any submissions at the link in our bio. Um, Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our special basketball edition of Football on the 40. Um, Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Um, It's been fun. It's going to be a lot more fun here in a few days when we're in Vegas together. So uh, looking forward to that. But thank you all for listening once again. We will be back uh, sometime in the near future to talk about spring football. And then, of course, as we get ready for the next football season, which is just six months away. So less than six months away. So with that being said, that's all I got for you all this week. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next Football on the 40. Welcome.